Hey folks, welcome to A Weekly Word. I'm Pastor Eric Tritton from Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Hudson, Ohio, and I'm glad you're with me today. Early on in my ministry, I was asked about the, the purpose of the church. And this is really a good question for us to think about from time to time, because depending upon who you're speaking to, they're going to answer that question differently. If you're talking with somebody in the world, uh, they might look at the purpose of the church primarily in terms of the mercy work that we do, if they think that there's a purpose at all. Uh, some people will think about the purpose of the church being related to uh, giving glory to God and doing worship type of things. Uh, for my money, when I think about the purpose of the church, it, it's, it's broad and there are all kinds of things, but it really comes down to proclaiming Christ, you know, so that people can believe in Jesus and so that they can have faith in him and receive his forgiveness and salvation. And when I, when I talk about proclaiming Christ and this idea of people needing to hear the gospel, there are a couple of passages that, that people will often point to when they talk about the purpose of the church and the life of the church. And, and the first is Matthew 28, 19 through 20, which we call the Great Commission where Jesus says to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And then the other verse that's often thrown out when we talk about the purpose of the church is what we sometimes call the great commandment, which is found in Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40. And this was when Jesus was once asked, what is the first and greatest commandment? And he answered, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Uh, and then he also says that the commandment that goes with that is to love your neighbor as yourself. Those things actually go hand in hand. To, to love God and to live in his love is going to lead us to, to love our neighbors. And as I think about how we express that here at Gloria Day and how we think about how we go about this mission that God has called us to, I, I look at three, three movements. And I didn't come up with these. These were part of the mission statement of our congregation before I got here. But I, I think that even though these things are specific to Gloria Day, there are some really good points here for all Christians, for anyone who believes in, in Jesus. So our mission statement here at Gloria Day is gathering people to Christ, building believers in Christ, and serving the world as Christ. And I want to take those over the next couple weeks here and look at each one of them in turn, starting with gathering people to Christ. You know, when we think about what does it mean to be a Christian, what does it mean to proclaim Christ to people, uh, I, I think about the calling of the first disciples. Jesus is going about and it tells us that he's going along the Sea of Galilee and he sees Peter and Andrew working in a boat and he says to them, follow me. And the same thing with James and John, follow me. And again with Levi, also known as Matthew, follow me. And, and so Jesus is gathering people to himself. 
And that might be one of the first and most important points about what it means to gather people to Christ. And it's a recognition that Jesus is gathering people to himself. He is calling people to believe in him, to follow him, to trust in him for forgiveness and life and salvation. And when we think of that type of a gathering people to Christ, the word that we usually think of, at least within the church, is evangelism. And, you know, this is, this is a good thing, really. Um, when we think of evangelism, that is part of the work of the church, part of what we're called to. It's right there in Matthew 28, which I quoted earlier. You know, go and make disciples. You know, this is something that's intentionally done. Uh, in Acts chapter 1, Jesus tells the apostles, you will be my witnesses. And that's, that's part of their life, that they are to go out and they're to tell people about Jesus' resurrection so that they can believe in him. And sharing the good news of, of Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, forgiveness of sins, eternal life, all of those kinds of things, um, it, it's, it's always been a key impulse of the church. You know, when you read John's gospel, uh, we find out that Andrew actually met Jesus before Peter did because he was one of John the Baptist's disciples. You can, you can look at this in John chapter 1. Um, but after Andrew meets Jesus, he goes and he finds his brother Peter and says, we have found the Christ. We found the Messiah. Um, a little bit later in that same chapter, uh, there's a, a man by the name of Philip who comes to believe in Jesus. And he goes and he finds his friend Nathaniel and says, we found the Christ. You know, just this, this impulse to share this good news where we have the opportunity and this idea of good news is really at the, the heart of our mission work. Yeah. And when we think about the mission work of the church, there is very much an organized and, um, and regimented form for that. Uh, we see that very early on in the book of Acts in chapter 13, where God instructs the church to set aside Saul, who we generally know as Paul and Barnabas in order to go out and they, they go out across um, what we would call Turkey and even into uh, Europe eventually to share the good news of Jesus' love and forgiveness. And it's, and it's an organized mission that is supported by the church at Antioch. And we still do that type of thing. Uh, we have church bodies that have missionaries who go out professionally to share the good news. But we also do this informally. It, it, the heart of, of the Christian wants to share the love of Jesus. And I think a really neat example of that are, are a married couple in the book of Acts. Uh, and you can read about this in Acts chapter 18. Their, their names are Priscilla and Aquila. And uh, um, they meet a, a young man by the name of Apollos who kind of knows about Jesus. And he's, he's telling people about Jesus, but he doesn't really have everything right. Uh, he, he doesn't really know the, the gospel in its fullness. And, uh, and they just take him aside and they sit down and they talk with him. You know, this isn't something that was uh, a contrived, you know, we found a, um, you know, a way to get to these people and then we're going to share the gospel with them. Uh, it was just they were in the right place and in the right time and they had the right opportunity. And I think that for you and me, that's a lot of the way that we should think about how we share the gospel. God brings people into our lives in order to love them and to, you know, to, uh, to care about them. And we have conversations. And because this is something that's so important to us, it's going to come up in our conversations. 
So we desire to gather people to Christ. And that means people who don't know him coming to him. But even more than that, we gather our brothers and sisters to Christ. We desire to gather the children of God together as well. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it's really clear that there's an assumption that God's people will gather. He says, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but all the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, he's saying, look ahead. The last day is coming. So let's get together and let's worship. Let's, let's hold on to these promises of God. Because when we think about gathering Christians to Christ, it's really about being in Jesus' presence being where he is. And there's a neat example of this in the Old Testament after the Exodus. God instructs the Israelites to build a tabernacle for him. And I mean, tabernacle, it just means tent. And it is a pretty fancy tent if you you read Exodus and you read the description of it. But the idea of it is that this tent, this tabernacle, was going to be in the center of the Israelites. He had three tribes on each side of the tabernacle. And uh, God manifested his presence to the Israelites through a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And that pillar of cloud and pillar of fire, it rested right over the Ark of the Covenant in the tabernacle so that people could know our God is with us. He, he has called us out of slavery and he has gathered us together as his people and, and he dwells among us. And I think about this too in the prophecy of Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 7, where he talks about the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call his name Emmanuel. That word Emmanuel means God with us. So it it isn't just me and Jesus. There's, There's this communal aspect. Jesus gathers us together. And to what end? In in Hebrews, it talks about spurring one another on to good works. That's part of it, that we live this life of faith together. And sometimes we need people uh, to push us along and to, to help us stay in the right lane, so to speak. But more than just this idea of working together, there's this idea of living life together in Christ, that we would come together to receive his gifts to stand in his presence, to live in his love, to be his body. And that means that we bear one another's burdens, that we uh, rejoice with one another, we grieve with one another. That's an important part of the life of faith. It's an important aspect of the church. And ultimately, we, we walk together by faith. We look ahead and we remind each other, Jesus is coming again. And we live in that hope together. One of the beautiful places that Paul talks about this idea of of gathering together is in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. He says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ, in which you were called in one body, rule your hearts. 
Notice the plural. All those yous are, are plural yous. He says, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you. Among you, plural. Uh, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We're, we're called to this community. So when we think about gathering people to Christ, you know, I, I do think about you know, how do we get out there? How do we find people that haven't heard the gospel? <laughs> and, and the truth of the matter is that Jesus already knows where they are and the Spirit's already at work there. And, and it's, he's leading us into those moments and giving us those opportunities to share the hope we have in Jesus. But we also gather as God's people because one of the things that I've experienced and, and learned very keenly in my life is that Christians need the gospel too. You and I, we need to hear about the love of Jesus. We live in forgiveness together. We live in this hope that Jesus really did die for you and for me and that he is going to come again one day and he's going to raise us from the dead to live with him forever in glory. And we need him to get us through this world and to bring us into the next. So God's blessings. Think about gathering people to Christ. Pray about gathering people to Christ. And uh, I hope you'll come back next week and we'll talk about building believers in Christ. And uh, if this has been a benefit to you, please like it, share it. Help somebody else find it. And thanks. God's blessings. Bye.